number one, and Ecclesiastes chapter three. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to find Ecclesiastes. If you can find Psalm and Proverbs, then you can find Ecclesiastes. So that's Hebrews chapter number one and Ecclesiastes chapter number three. Hebrews one, Ecclesiastes three. Here we go with Hebrews one. God, Hebrews one one, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds. I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, When God Finally Speaks. Let me ask you a question. Has God ever gone silent in your life sometimes? When there are times maybe when you'd like to hear his voice, when you'd like to have his direction, and it seems like God has gone silent. Well, there was a time in the world and in the Bible when God went silent, but when he finally spoke, oh, what a blessing it was. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for each one that's come this way. Lord, I praise you for our church and for the wonderful spirit. Thank you for your presence among us, which makes our church. Lord, without your presence, we've assembled in vain. And Lord, I pray that you'd save that one that's lost this morning. I pray you'd bring back the backslider during this Christmas season and let them dedicate their heart to you and serve you for the rest of their life. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible starts out here with Hebrews chapter 1. God, 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 the self existing one. Did it ever dawn on you that God needs no help and no assistance in his existence? God needs no aid for the continuance of life. God needs no, has no necessity for life outside of himself. You and I need each other. Amen. We cannot survive without each other. We cannot survive without life, the life of animals and the life of plants and the life of each other, but God does not need that. He is the self-existing one. God does not need this little rock that we live on called earth. Somebody say amen. He doesn't need it. I'm telling you, if earth were, if the, if the sun, okay, you could take 1,300,000 earths and put them inside the sun. And if the sun was as big as a grain of sand, then the, our solar system would be about as big as your hand. And if the sun was a grain of sand, the solar system as your hand, then our Milky Way galaxy would be as big as North America. Let me tell you something. This little rock we live on in this universe is very insignificant. It is very irrelevant. It is very inconsequential. Yet, yet, oh, don't miss this yet, yet, this God that I can't even wrap my mind around, my little finite mind can't 
can't wrap around how big he is. It can't wrap, my, my mind can't wrap around how long he's existed and how what eternity is. I can't even fathom it. This God that's so big says this. Uh, the Bible says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. Boy, I could stop right there. The Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Did you realize that this God uh, who can sling the stars into space yet create an atom uh, is still the God that loves me and you. This God that can operate in the macro and can operate in the micro is a God that looks at us and says that we are the sheep of his pastures. I get chill bumps thinking about the love of God and what he has done for us. The Bible says in Genesis chapter number one, in the beginning, God. Let me tell you something. Genesis chapter one wasn't the beginning of God. Genesis chapter one was the beginning of earth. It was the beginning of time. You see, when God spoke the, the uh, solar system into existence and the Milky Way and the Andromeda galaxy, when he spoke all those into existence, he started the rotation of the planets, the rotation of the systems, and that started time. But let me tell you something about God. God didn't begin when time began. He is the eternal one. He is the everlasting one. He's the self-existing one. Praise his name. Thank God. The Bible says, And the Lord in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of his hands. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 7, it talks about Jesus Christ without father, without mother, without descent having neither beginning of days nor end of life. He's not just the existing one. He's the eternal one. He's the everlasting one. The Bible says, turn with me please to Ecclesiastes chapter number three. Hold your place back in Hebrews. But go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number three. I want to show you something. I showed this to our Wednesday night crowd several weeks ago, but I want to show it to our Sunday morning. Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse number 11. The Bible says he hath made everything beautiful in his time. And he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God made from the beginning to the end. We're talking about the beginning. We've been talking about the beginning of God, of the world, of the, of the solar systems. But the Bible says that no man can find out, even though the world is set in our heart, we cannot find out the beginning from the end nor the end from the beginning. Now man thinks he's smarter than God. And the United States of America has wasted 10 billion, yes, 10 billion dollars on a James Webb telescope that's going to look farther out in space than anything has ever looked before. The James Webb telescope is so sensitive that if it were on earth it could detect the heat, body heat of a honeybee on the moon. Wow. We're pretty smart, aren't we? 
No, we're pretty dumb because you know why? We think we can figure out, if we can look out in space and back in time enough, that we can figure out the beginning. And God said here in Ecclesiastes, they'll never discover it. It doesn't matter what's said in their... Listen, you know what's said in man's heart? Intelligence, creativity, uh, discovery. We love to discover things. But God said you'll never find the beginning and you'll never find the end. That's why when you end your Bible in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, the Bible says this. Jesus steps out in Revelation chapter number 22 and says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The Alpha and Omega is God the Father. The beginning and the end is God the Son. The first and the last is God the Holy Spirit. Uh, man will never find out what God has done. God. Then we find out in the next phrase, and here's where I want to really begin the message. We find out that God speaks. The Bible says he spoke in times past. But he's speaking now, and his voice can be heard. If this God, don't miss this, if a God this big can work in the micro and the macro and the big and the little and the great and the small, if this God can do that, then listen to me. I ought to be attuned to his voice. I ought to hear what this God has to say. It ought to be a priority in my life to hear and to obey and heed the voice of God. It's important. It's imperative. So now let's see how God speaks. Look at the next part. Go back to Hebrews. Look at what the Bible says here. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners. God spoke in, at sundry times in the Old Testament. Now let's go back to the Old Testament. God spoke at sundry times. Sundry times. You know what that means? It means miscellaneous times, various indefinite times. There was no pattern to the way, if you go to the Old Testament, there was no pattern to the way that God spoke. He just spoke when he wanted to. He spoke when it was necessary. That word sundry is the word pulmonose. It's where we get our English word pulmonary. The lungs distribute out oxygen different ways. And so God distributed his word in many, many diverse or different sundry ways in the Old Testament. Then it says he not only spoke at sundry times, he spoke in diverse manners. All different kinds of ways or means, many avenues. God spoke when he wanted to. There was no pattern to it. And he spoke in different ways. But the Bible says he hath spoken these last days unto us through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. He spoke in diverse manners. Now let's go back again in our minds to the Old Testament. And let's see how did God speak in all these diverse ways and sundry ways. Well, he spoke to Adam directly until Adam sinned. And after Adam and Eve sinned, they no longer heard God's voice walking in the cool of the day. What a sad thing. Let me tell you something, church. Sin will take God's voice away from you. Sin will take the direction of the Holy Spirit away from you, and you'll make a mess with your life. Amen. Yes, sir. And so God spoke in judgment to Cain. When Cain killed his brother Abel, God spoke in judgment. 
But God also spoke in grace. He's about to, if you go on in your Bible, he's about to destroy the world because of sin. But the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God said, Noah, here's what I want you to do. I'm glad Noah heard God's voice. I'm glad Noah obeyed God's voice. He spoke to Abraham in the person of an angel. Abraham was sitting in his tent in the cool of the day. And along comes the Lord Jesus Christ with two angels. And they're heading down to Sodom. I'm glad they didn't live down there. They're just checking it out for a little while. Amen. And they went down there. They, but he walked by and he spoke to Abraham as directly as I'm speaking to you in the person of a man. The pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. He goes down to Sodom and again to Gomorrah. He sees all the sin, and you know the rest of that story. God rained fire and brimstone on the Sodomites. Amen, preacher. And so we find that God spoke to Jacob in a dream as he was sleeping on a stone, and he saw angels ascending and descending the ladders. God spoke to Jacob in a dream, and he saw the heavens open. God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. God spoke to Joshua through the Urim and the Thummim. Those two uh, stones on the breastplate of the priest would light up a yes or a no. That's a whole study in itself. He spoke to David through the prophet Nathan. He spoke to Daniel in dreams and visions. Amen. Amen. I mean, listen. The Bible says in Job, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. When does he speak? Job said this, he speaks in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings upon the bed. Then he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction, that he may withdraw, withdraw man from his purpose, and hide pride from man. Let me tell you something. If, you, if God will give you the right dream, it'll change your life. I remember one night, I don't know why I'm even telling this. I remember one night I had a dream, and I dreamed that some family members came into our house, and the door blew open, and as, the door, as they entered, the door blew open, and an evil spirit moved in. And I'm like, man, that was a real dream. So I cautioned Lisa the next day. I said, I've had this dream. I don't know how to interpret it, but here's what happened. And I think God is warning us to use some discernment and good judgment. You know what? It wasn't long. There was family issues. But you know what? God had pre-warned us in a dream, and we were able to use discernment and good judgment, and we walked right through that without a spot. Isn't that wonderful? God, what are you saying, preacher? When God finally speaks, let's keep moving. So God spoke to the prophets in dreams and visions and signs and wonders. He spoke audibly to Samuel. He spoke in a still small voice to Elijah. Wow, I just gave you about 13 ways that God spoke in the Old Testament. But here's what happens. And you come to the book of Malachi. And God is about to go silent. Not speak a word for 400 years. Let me tell you something. When my wife gets quiet, something's wrong. When God gets quiet, something's wrong. You know what was wrong? If you study the book of Malachi, I don't have time to do it. But if you study the book of Malachi in chapter number one, God said, he said, um, The reason I'm going to go silent, Malachi chapter number one, is you have profaned my name. I don't know about you, but I want to lift his name up. 
I want to live and glorify his name. I don't want any profanity of his name mentioned with my life. Amen. So in Malachi chapter 1, before God goes silent, he said, you've profaned my name. In Malachi chapter number 2, he said, you've departed from my way. I'm going to tell you something. The way of God's best. The way of the Lord is wonderful. I don't want to depart from his way. But Israel in Malachi had departed. God said, you've profaned my name. You've departed from my way. And number three, he said this. In Malachi chapter number three, he said, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. You say, preacher, you don't preach on money much. Well, here's point number three. Don't rob God. Don't rob him. Listen, you and I ought to pay tithes. Amen. Listen, when you give, when you give God the 10% that he deserves and that, that, listen, the whole dollars he is, not just the dime you give. Brother May said it perfectly when he said this, I'd rather have $1 or $9 in my pocket with the blessings of God than $10 with the curse of God. Let me say that again. I'd rather have $9 in my pocket with the blessing of God than $10 with the curse of God. Let me tell you something. Give God what belongs to him. It all belongs to him. The earth is the Lord and the, and the fullness thereof. It's his. Give him what's his and honor him with it. Amen. And so he said this, you've profaned my name, chapter 1, you've departed from my ways, chapter 2, you've robbed me in tithes and, all, in tithes and offering, chapter number 3, and he says, I'm going to get quiet. But there's a fourth chapter to the book of Malachi. And God said, here's what I want you to do, this is important. I'm going to go silent. But in the fourth chapter of the book of Malachi, he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a copy of my word. And I want you, while I'm silent, to follow my word, my statutes, my judgments, my precepts, my principles. I want you to follow those the days of your life because heaven is going to go mute. Wow. During this serene, hushed, voiceless time, the prophets have no dreams. The seers have no visions. Uh, the priests have no sermons. Hey, God goes silent and he does not speak. But he promises them something. If they'll follow his word, if they'll pro uh, proclaim his word as precious, uh, then he's going to break the silence. And here's where I want to start preaching. <laughs> You see, because after 400 years, God did break his silence. You know what happens? Oh, we turn the page of four centuries, century after century after century after century, generation after generation after generation have not heard the voice of God. They're only clinging to an Old Testament law. And then all of a sudden, God breaks through in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he says in Malachi, he says, I'm going to send my prophet before my face. Uh, and when 
when I break this silence, uh, I'm going to send Elijah to preach unto you. And out of, this, out of the wilderness steps a man named John the Baptist. After 400 years, somehow God reaches back into the Old Testament and brings out an Old Testament prophet named John the Baptist. And this Old Testament prophet steps into the New Testament with a new message. Uh, Jesus Christ is coming. Uh, the King is coming. Uh, hey, friend, I'm glad God broke his silence. What a blessing. And so John steps out with this message. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 that God in sundry times and in diverse manners speaking times past by the prophets unto the fathers hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son by whom he created all things and by whom he is the heir of all things. Thank God for Jesus. And so John steps out and says, listen, it's time to repent. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Don't profane his name any longer. Stop being disobedient to his ways. Start giving God what is God's because Jesus Christ is coming. Amen. That was the message of John the Baptist. And oh, as he baptized in the river Jordan, he saw Jesus coming down the way and he said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Hey, let me tell you something. God broke his silence when John the Baptist stepped out on the pages of scripture. God broke his silence when an angel went to Mary and said that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. God broke his silence. I mean, he said it's time for the angel to quit practicing in heaven and it's time for them to give an earthly performance and the angels in heaven came by and sang the heavenly host glory to God in the highest and on, on the earth peace, goodwill toward men why? Jesus Christ was coming Amen. the 400 years of silence were broken thank God Oh, listen, the same one that was predicted in the fourth chapter of Malachi, the son of righteousness was going to arise with healing in his wings. No more would God's voice just be an inadvertent voice, a miscellaneous voice, no pattern to it. No longer would God's voice be just spoken in sundry times and different ways. God's voice would be put together in a perfect word of God. And the Bible says when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part is done away with. You want to hear God's voice today? That black book laying in your lap will, will speak to you, dear friend, if you'll pick it up and if you'll seek God with all your heart, uh, you'll hear his voice today. God sent his son. Oh, listen, an angel would speak to a young virgin, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I'm glad I don't live in that 400 years where God didn't speak, where men were confused, where Israel was tossed from pillar to post. But I'm in the age of grace when after the cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ has shed his blood. And listen, dear friend, you and I can hear the voice of God and have the grace of God. Thank God.
God finally spoke when he sent a military choir, which is what the host of heaven. Listen, God finally sent his son, who is the heir of all things, who created all things. God's son is speaking to us today. Oh my goodness. Not only were there the tongues of angels, there was the tongue of Jesus Christ. God may have spoken by the prophets before, but he's speaking by the great high priest, Jesus Christ, now. And as I close the message, let me say this. If you're not hearing the voice of God today, it's because God, it's not because God is dumb, it's because you're deaf. If you're not hearing the voice of God today, it's not because God is not speaking, it's because you are not listening Amen, preacher. He sent his son, the heir of all things. Don't stop up your ears. Listen to me. The the most dangerous position that you could be in today is not on the uh, uh, Ukraine border. The most dangerous position that you could be in today is not in the middle of Tiananmen Square in China. The most dangerous position that you could be in today is not in the deep, dark jungle of Africa, but the most dangerous place you could be in today is stopping your ears to the voice of God. He is speaking. And oh, listen to me. You don't want him to go silent. Amen. Oh, if God is speaking, are you listening? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Don't harden your hearts. Don't stop up your ears. Jesus Christ has come to seek and to save that which is lost. If you need direction, God's voice is ringing loud and clear. Listen, the God of this universe will not be silenced. Men can burn the Bible. We can ban it from our libraries. We can ban it from our schools. But God will not be silenced. (laughs) I think of this as I close. I think of how men... They drown the voice of God with drink. And they become dull and stubborn to the voice of God. I think of how their sin, their loud music, their business endeavors, there's so many things in this world that'll drown out that still, small voice. But it doesn't stop God from speaking. He's speaking to you today. He's speaking to you from the scripture. He's speaking to you in the spirit. Oh, the spirit of God's here. I done felt his chill bump run up and down my back. It gets in my legs every once in a while. Have y'all noticed that? The spirit's here. He speaks in the scripture. He speaks in the spirit. He speaks in situation. He speaks in the sermon. He speaks in the spawning of creation. We'll turn this, we'll turn this uh, auditorium out in just a minute. We'll close the service. We'll open the doors. Let me tell you something. The grass across the road speaks of Jesus Christ. The creek that flows behind this church speaks of Jesus Christ. The minnows in that creek speak of Jesus Christ. God will not stop speaking. He will not be silenced. The question is, are you listening? I'm through preaching. Let's all stand. God bless you.
Lisa's going to come to the piano today. Every head bowed and every eye closed as she chooses some hymn of invitation. It's still early. Don't look at your watch. I'll add 10 minutes to the service. We're going to take our time in the invitation. I don't usually do that. I preach long and have short invitations. Today we'll preach short and have a long invitation. If you want to know the time, it's 1153. 11.53, I ain't set my clock. Now let me ask you a question. Would there be one here this morning? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything but just look in your own heart. Are you saved? Do you know this Jesus that I've been preaching about? Have you heard the voice of God? And if you hear the voice of God, the first thing he's going to tell you is you're a sinner. (laughs) And before I can communicate with you, God is saying, we're going to have to deal with your sin. We're going to have to deal with the things that are wrong in your life. But that's a good thing because God's already made a way to do that. He sent his son to the cross of Calvary to die in your place and to take your sin. So you see, getting rid of your sin is just as easy as coming to Jesus. And talking to God is just as easy as having Jesus in your heart and it opens up the line. Praise God. You say, preacher, it can't be that simple. Oh, yes, it is. God would not have sent his son to die and made it complicated. Would there be one here that's lost? Slip out of your seat right now. Come take Brian by the hand. Say, preacher, it's time for me to surrender. It's time for me to get saved. It's time for me to do business with God. Today is the day of salvation. I've heard the voice of God. I want to be saved. I don't want to spend eternity in hell. I want to be saved today. Would you slip out right now? God's dealing with you. You know, you know, you know in your heart that you need to be saved. I know, I know that God has spoken to you. I feel it in my spirit. And I want you to come. And be saved. I know God's dealing with somebody. Step out now. Don't you put it off. Won't be embarrassing. I'll distract everybody's attention from you while Brian deals with you. I want you to come. Give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. What a great Christmas you'll have to give your life to Jesus. And know why we call it. Christmas. Amen. We wait for just a moment. Is his son speaking to you today? Harden not your heart. Don't stop up your ears. Oh, dear friend, we wait for just a moment. He's calling you. That's what she's playing. Jesus is calling, is calling you today. We wait for just a moment to give you the opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. Trust Him today. Thank you for the power of your word, Lord, that goes forth, Lord. And Lord, I just pray today, Lord, if there be that one here that doesn't know He's our personal Lord and Savior, may we all be reminded, Lord, that that voice that it's so strong within us right now saying your need to be saved, Lord, 
As we put that off and put that off, that voice becomes quieter and quieter and quieter. So, Lord, I just pray that if there be one here in our midst that doesn't know you, Lord, that today would be the day that they would give their heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us not leave this place without having that settled assurance that we know where we're going to spend our eternity, Lord. And, Lord, over these next few days and weeks ahead, Lord, as Christians, I just pray you'd give us the opportunity to share the hope that is within us, Lord. Just give us an opportunity to share Christ with someone that we come in contact with, Lord. Lord, may we desire not to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of things, Lord, but just in the desire just to be pleasing unto you, Lord, and just reflect on our blessings that we have, Lord, and the opportunities you give us to just share with family and friends and others, Lord. Let us not take any of that for granted. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you, Lord, for your spirit meeting with us today, Lord. And we just pray you just give us a desire to be back in your house on Wednesday and next week as well, Lord. Lord, I pray for our choir as they prepare for the cantata, Lord. I just pray you just bless them in a special way as well this afternoon, Lord. And Lord, just may we just put our sights towards heaven, Lord, in these next days and weeks ahead. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.